Well, good morning once again. It's so good to see you all. I want to say hi to those watching at home again on Facebook Live or YouTube. Uh, for those who are listening to this, this sermon later on our church podcast in the week. Um, and for those of you who are here, it's great to be with you today in worship. Um, you know, this week I put on a sweatshirt that I hadn't worn in a while. And in the pocket, I found um, a mask that somebody had made for me. And uh, it reminded me that I had put a lot of my masks away, you know, that for a long time this last year and a half we were wearing them everywhere, and then for a while we weren't, but it seems like now we are again. And so I want to thank you, those of you who are here especially for doing that as part of worship today. Um, And we know this, that we are followers of Jesus, the one who tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, and that's part of what we're doing together. We seek to show love and care for those around us through how we act, and that's that's part of what we're doing as a church. So thank you, uh, and, and bless you today. Uh, our scripture reading today, our second scripture, or our, rather our, our only scripture, our main scripture, is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 to 16. Listen for God's word to you today. Now during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he called Peter, and his brother Andrew, and James, and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to start out today by showing you a picture. It's a, it's a photograph, and we're going to do a little bit of visio divina today, which is uh, sort of the practice of letting the visual, wow, the visual arts like photography Um, guide us and open us and help us to see something that God wants us to notice um, or be open to. So here's the photo. Um, This photo was uploaded by a Facebook friend of mine back in March of 2020, so during the COVID lockdown. And I'm not sure where this this picture was taken. I don't know if it was before COVID or during COVID. I don't actually even know if this is my friend himself or if he's the one who took the picture. Um, But somebody is standing out there alone on that rocky hill looking out at the sea. My question for you as you look at this photo is this. As you look at it, what image or phrase or word comes to your mind? What jumps into your head as you see this picture? What does this photo make you think about? Take a moment, just think about that, reflect on that, and then turn to somebody next to you and let them know. What does this picture say to you? If you're at home, type it in the chat box. Looking at this image, what, what, what word or phrase jumps to your mind? Take a minute. Just say something to somebody there. What does this say to you? Hmm. All right. We're going to come back. I see some art critics in the audience. We'll see in the congregation. <laughs> All right, come on back in. So we, we all have different responses, I think, to the visual arts. But for me, uh, looking at this photo, some of the words that came to my mind were um, peaceful, beautiful, quiet, rest, and freedom. Those are my words. I wonder what your words would be. It's interesting because we can all see that this is a picture of somebody who is standing up on a hill alone, but it does not seem to be a picture about being lonely. It's somebody who's alone, but they don't seem, this doesn't seem to be a picture depicting loneliness. Today's spiritual discipline here in our summer sermon series of spiritual practices to take on um, is the discipline of solitude. 
the discipline of solitude, which I want to define as being alone on purpose, okay? A working definition of solitude. Um, and the first point I want to make for you today is that solitude is not loneliness. Solitude, the spiritual discipline and practice, is different from loneliness. Richard Foster writes in his book, Celebration of Discipline, that Jesus calls us from loneliness to solitude. And so there's this key difference. Um, I think that we need to start there because it occurs to me here in the, at this point in our COVID uh, journey where there have been lockdowns and disruptions to all of our normal lives, um, where people have been cut off, have felt left behind, left out, lonely, that before we talk about the positive spiritual practice or discipline of solitude, uh, we need to name this reality of loneliness. Last month, I had a chance to go and visit with a, a member of our church who lives next door at the terraces of Los Gatos. She lives on her own, and um, it's a senior living facility there. And one of the things that she told me is that she feels really lonely. That was her main thing that she wanted to tell me as her pastor. She was feeling really lonely. And, um, and so we made a plan that I would come back a month later and visit her again. And I tried to do that this week. But then because of the Delta variant, they wouldn't let me in. And so I'm thinking about this friend. I'm thinking about her today who's watching at home uh, on her own. And I know that she's feeling that way, feeling lonely. Some of you know what this feeling is like. If you've lost a spouse or a partner, maybe if your kids have moved on out of the house making you an empty nester, if you've moved into a new community and you haven't yet made new connections or deep friendships, here we are partway through this pandemic and we're unsure of when it will be safe to fully be back together in person with each other. And many of you, many of us at times have felt lonesome. Sometimes we can even feel alone in a crowd. Noted theologian Fiona Apple once said, when you're surrounded by all these people, it can be lonelier than when you're by yourself. You can have, be in a huge crowd, but if you don't feel like you, have, you can trust anyone or talk to anybody, you feel like you're really alone. Some people feel lonely even here at church or in a small group or at work or with their spouse. Maybe this is part of the human condition in a sense that um, nobody, other people, cannot fully understand us or know us, even if they are with us. Nobody can fully understand everything about you, even if you're with them, and that can be a sense of loneliness. So before I talk about solitude, which, um, wow, I need some solitude. Um, before we talk about solitude, I just want to name this reality of loneliness. And if you're here today or you're listening today and you are sensing and you have felt that way or you know what that is like, I want to say two things to you real quick, just two things about uh, loneliness. The first is that when Jesus was born, he was given the name or known by the name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The first reality that we need to know is that God is with us in every circumstance of our lives. God is with you today and in this pandemic time. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, and we believe that. Then the second thing I want to say is that your church family, we are here with you as well. Uh, those who are, who, have, who are suffering in their mental health or their living situation or, or a sense of loneliness, reach out and let, let us know. Your church family cares. Uh, this is a place that we want to make connections that help you through this time. So if that's you today, reach out and let us know, and we'll see how, what we can do together. Trust in God and being with others. 
So that's the first point. Solitude is different from loneliness. Um, and solitude is this practice of being alone on purpose. You notice in the picture that that guy, that person up on the hill, he wasn't like sentenced to solitary confinement. He wasn't somewhere he didn't want to be. He went out there on purpose to stand in that place, to be on his own on purpose or with a purpose. It is when we get some time by ourselves or away from others that we are able to experience the presence of God in a really different way. And this is something that Jesus does and models for us, shows us in the scriptures. Um, the one that we read today, he's going to make a big decision. He's going to call 12 of his disciples and name them as apostles. So before he does that, as he's about to do that, he goes up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus had a regular practice of going off on his own um, to be really close to God. When he was alone, he was close to God. So Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 14 says that after Jesus hears that John the Baptist has been killed, it says, quote, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. Jesus practiced solitude. What would Jesus do? Be like Jesus. Where is Jesus leading us? Jesus practiced solitude. It was one of his go-to most important spiritual disciplines. It was often paired with prayer, with silence. Now, we usually think about Jesus as being surrounded by people. I do, at least. You know, he had his disciples with him. He had crowds of people who were around him. We remember the woman in the crowd who comes up and touches the hem of his garment. There are people all around him grabbing at him, getting his time. He went to the temple every Sabbath to worship and pray. He was the life of the party, going to dinner parties. Remember his very first miracle was turning water into wine? He got a lot of return invitations. You know, bring that guy back again. <laughs> but for all that Jesus was doing publicly with, all, with other people, it was his personal life with God that gave him strength. Going away by himself to connect with God helped him to regain compassion, interest, and love for other people. I think Jesus sometimes got fed up with the crowds. He got a little tired of being um, so needed by everybody else. And it was in his time away that he refreshed and returned ready again for the things of life. It's actually one of the, the best benefits of practicing solitude. Richard Foster writes this, the fruit of solitude is increased sensitivity and compassion for others. There comes a new freedom to be with people. There's a new attentiveness to their needs, new responsiveness to their hurts. So listen to this. To spend time in solitude, to be on your own on purpose, it's not misanthropic. That's a big word. That's a word that means you don't like people. Okay, it's not misanthropic to say, I need to go off on my own for a bit. It's actually a gift you can give to the people in your life. Paradoxical. Because when you come back, you'll come back renewed, refueled, and recentered. You can love God and love others better by practicing solitude. So how can you do that? What's the practice? I want to invite you this week to take some time on your own, by yourself, somewhere in nature. I'm, and I'm centering this in, in nature. Somewhere outdoors. That's the practice for this week. Take some time on your own, on purpose, outside in nature. It could be a walk in the woods. It could be a trip to the beach. It could be a stroll in your neighborhood if there are trees. It could be just sitting in your own backyard if you have one. 
I came to church yesterday, and I ran into a woman, a member of the church over here in the garden, and she was sitting out here. And I said, oh, what are you doing here? And she said, this is the church. I can come here anytime and be with the Lord. I said, oh, all right. You're, pre you're preaching my sermon. There's a poem by Mary Oliver um, that speaks about what we're talking about today. And you might know Mary Oliver. She's a poet who had an amazing way of connecting nature with human emotions and spiritual life. And this is her poem. It's called How I Go to the Woods. Listen to these words. She writes, Ordinarily, I go to the woods alone with not a single friend, for they are all smilers and talkers and therefore unsuitable. I, really, I don't really want to be witnessed talking to the catbirds or hugging the old black oak tree. I have my way of praying, as no doubt you have yours. Besides, when I am alone, I can become invisible. I can sit on the top of a dune as motionless as an uprise of weeds until the foxes run by unconcerned. I can hear the, the almost unhearable sound of those roses singing. If you have ever gone into the woods with me, I must love you very much. The practice of solitude can be done almost anywhere. It can be done indoors. Jesus says, when you pray, go to your room and close the door, right? So you can do it indoors. But I want to see uh, Jesus. What I see in the Gospels is that Jesus often spends time alone outside, outdoors. So that's my invitation to you this week. This summer, we're all about what's the practice to try out? What's the experiment to take on? to be like Jesus or like Mary Oliver and go outside on your own on purpose. And like all these spiritual disciplines, I wanna remind you this is not law, like I'm not commanding you to do this, but it's all about grace. Spiritual disciplines help us access the grace of God. When you're with other people and in society and groups and teams and just around folks, even with your family, you are constantly at work. I visited a parent of a young child uh, the other day, and I saw how much work it was to be with their three-year-old. But you are constantly at work, even among peers and friends, watching body language, reading the room, interpreting signals that come from a smile or a frown or a breath. Do you know how much you can communicate with just a deep sigh? <sighs> we're always interpreting. We're at work when we're with other people. But when you're out on your own, especially in nature, you rest from your labors. You can still observe what is going on around you in that natural world, the buzzing of bees, the way little birds land on a branch, the feeling of the wind on your skin, the sound of cars going by in the distance, the smell of barbecue wafting over the, um, over the, uh, the, from the other yard, the way the wind moves flowers and trees. But nothing is required of you when you're alone on purpose, especially in nature. You don't have any response that you have to give in order for the world to keep on turning, and there are all these little gifts of God that just keep showing up or floating by. So solitude is a way of experiencing grace. Do you want more grace in your life? Solitude is a way of experiencing that grace because you are not at work, not on call, not on display, what you are doing or thinking about or not doing or not thinking about doesn't matter to anyone else except for the one who is with you wherever you go. Being in solitude is a gift from God where we are reminded, as Pastor Erica preached last week, of who we are and whose we are. 
and that comes to mind when you're on your own with the Lord. Where can I go from your spirit, writes the psalmist, or where can I flee from your presence? It turns out the answer is nowhere. There's nowhere that you can go that God isn't with you, where God won't accompany you. There's nowhere that, where God isn't behind you and before you, hemming you in behind and before. It is in solitude that you come to realize, recognize, or remember this truth, this good news. Most of our lives, we know who's with us, we know who's around, we know what they're thinking, or we try to figure it out. But when we take time on our own, not to be lonely, but to be alone on purpose, we can receive again the good news of Emmanuel, that God is with us. So this week, I want you to try this out in your own way. Take this on and see what it means for you. Spouses, parents, kids, I request that you support your family members as they try to go out on their own this week. Maybe you all drive together to a park and take separate corners. Uh, maybe one person in the household keeps the, the dogs or the pets or the kids, which are kind of like pets, um, <laughs> so that that other person can spend some time on their own, on purpose. Here's the paradox. Ready for this? If you're feeling lonely these days, as we all do at some point, if you're feeling lonely, try the spiritual practice of solitude. It's different from loneliness. It's an intentional step to be on your own with the Lord. In going out to the woods or the backyard and doing it on purpose, you may discover that Jesus is there, that he needs you to come away by yourself for a while to receive again his love and grace. This is a powerful spiritual practice if you take it on, and I know that God will meet you in it. So God bless you this week. Amen.